Plotting away. Fifth ranging. I'm Rachel Cohenborn. I'm Jason. And today we are talking about... Misery. Yes. The 1990 film Misery, directed by Rob Rayner. Reiner. Reiner. <laughs> wow. And the novel, based on the novel by Stephen King. Yes. Continuing our snow theme, I guess. Yes. I, maybe because we have a lot of snow still. Uh, and it's March, and there's still snow, so it's Misery. Well, it's going to be snowing probably until April. It does now for some reason here in Michigan. Um, we have James Con Can Con Con <laughs> who plays Paul Sheldon in the and Kathy Bates as Annie Wilkes. Uh, uh, Kathy Bates actually got an Oscar for best actress in leading role for this movie. Mm -hmm. That's pretty memorable. Oh yeah. Oh my god. And, and we just had a short conversation. You had no idea who Lauren Bacall was, that she was in this movie. No. <laughs> but she's, you know, she's older now. Yeah. In this movie. She's uh, Paul Sheldon's agent. Where do we start with this? I mean, we got our seven point plot point structure. Mm -hmm. We got three acts we can talk mm -hmm. about. I don't really have any, like, I didn't find any interesting stories about the production of making this film, actually. Um, at least I couldn't find any. Maybe I didn't mm -hmm. research well enough, but uh, I do think it was shot very well. Mm -hmm. And it kind of let's, let's start right into the opening. Yes, it allows us to know that it's winter. Right? Yes. Well, no, it actually uh, the opening. Oh, you're is right. A typewriter. You're right. You're right. The opening is typing. Yes. It's uh, all about writing on a typewriter. Yes, and you see a cigarette, a Lucky Strike, non-filtered, one of my first cigarettes I ever had <laughs> as a eleven-year-old. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, and then there's some champagne. Dom Perignon. He's he, he, he basically typing, and then you see the end. Well, he writes the end, I think, in pencil, didn't he? Yeah. And it's you see the top, and it's un untitled so far. Yeah. So this is we're still like the hook. He's like someone, a writer, finishing a novel, and then he gets he goes outside. In the snow, and he gets in his sixty-five Mustang. Yes. Also, he, at one point, somebody throws a snowball. He picks up some snow and throws it like he's a baseball pitcher. He's happy. Yeah, he's happy. He's like, yeah. Yeah. And then shotgun plays in the car as he's driving around. Mm-hmm. Some Motown. Yeah. And he's riding around in the mountains and in the snow drifts. As the credits roll. Yep. And then. Then the inciting incident occurs. Yes. A car accident. Loses control because of the damn snow. Mm-hmm. And... These kind of winding roads, right? Yeah, they're mountain. And, the mountains. and he goes down like this big kind of ravine, I don't know, like a hill. Yeah, it's and yeah. the car flips completely upside down. Then it, there's a flashback. Yes. And... Lauren Bacallos is agent. Yeah. And um, and he's complaining about writing these misery books. He's like, I haven't been a writer since I started misery. He's never meant to do it as his life. He wants to end the misery books. And he has just ended he, the last of the misery books where he's killed off the main character. Misery child. He's like These like romance novels. And she's like, hey, don't knock it. You know, it's your moneymaker. 
it, you know. You got your kid, your mm -hmm. school, and yeah. braces, and paid for all those hookers. Mm -hmm. I'm kidding, I don't know. <laughs> and, he, and he's just like, he wants to put an end to that, and he wants to do real what he considers real writing. And then we go back to Paul all bloodied up in an upside-down car, yeah. and someone takes a crowbar to the uh, door yeah. to rent and pulls him out. And whoever this being is, yes. uh, is really strong yeah. because they just flop him over their shoulder and start walking away. Oh, don't forget she got her chance to do the mouth-to-mouth -mouth in CPR. Oh. <laughs> oh. I mean, bet she's been dreaming of that. Uh, we don't know that yet. But. No. <laughs> so, we finally meet the antagonist. Well, he wakes up and he's kind of blurry and you see an IV. And you hear kind of almost in a blurry voice, I'm your number one fan. It's like almost the first thing he hears, right? Yeah. Imagine that. And he's been unconscious two days, we find out. And he's a nurse. And he's like, how come I'm not in the hospital? And she's like, oh, there's a blizzard. The phone lines are down. And your legs are all messed up, but I fixed them. Compound fracture, tibia. I'll take you to a hospital when the road's clear. Which is very mm -hmm. hard. Yes. yes. Ah. And, um... His agent, Lauren Bacall, calls local police. It's like, where is he? Buster! Yeah, then we get introduced to Buster. Yes. Is that his, that's the only name we get for him? No, I Buster? think he said a real name. He said it really quick, but we missed the, it. Yeah, that's one thing about this movie, is that everything is going so fast. Like, it's never a dull moment in mm -hmm. this movie. And, you know, I've seen this movie a few times in the past, and I, until, you know, because we're worried about plot structure and mm -hmm. etc so i'm paying attention i i got the most notes i have done on mm. any of the movies we have done I, so I far i think you're right me i am too and One, because two, three, there's four, always five. something something going on yeah and i have missed good one-liners <clears throat> that i've got to write down yeah well if i missed one you probably got one etc hopefully there's some good ones in this movie oh there's good lot. quotes yeah oh yeah Duty. Yeah, we'll we'll get there. <laughs> We're introduced to Buster, and he kind of doesn't take it that seriously. He's like, "Yeah, we'll put we'll put his name through our system," which is sounds like a computer on the phone, like she doesn't know. But he's really just wrote his Paul Sheldon on a post-it note and stuck it to the wall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's his his corkboard, his computer system. <laughs> <laughs> there was a blizzard last Tuesday. Oh, he asked. Uh, he asked his wife when she came in, which is always funny. The relationship between those two uh -huh. is hilarious because that's his deputy too, you know. And it's a small town. It's supposed to be. Yeah, it's like um, like our. We got the snow, small town, Fargo. Yeah. Vibe. Yeah. Antarctica, small town. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't say it was a small. I mean, I guess. I'm just trying to link all our episodes together yeah and uh but he asks his he's like hmm because he knows like and everybody knows that paul sheldon always goes to the silver creek lodge and he writes he stays he has his champagne he has a cigarette and he leaves mm -hmm. and then um his agent told buster that he was supposed to be leaving Tuesday. And then that's when he asked his wife, like, mm -hmm. wasn't there a blizzard Tuesday? 
Right. Like, it was a while ago, and it's over with. Yeah. But Paul, you know, doesn't know this yet. No, yeah, it's no clue. At some point, we, we revealed that Mom, Annie knew he was there before this happened. Yeah. So she was watch. She says something about she was watching the light in his lodge. Yeah, she tells him that. Yeah. So we assume. So she knew the reason why because she knew that he was writing mm-hmm. something. She knew her favorite writer was there and all his habits. Yes, and she knew that he was writing something. So she was thinking it was going to be the next, like a new misery child book, but she mm-hmm. hasn't even read the last one yeah. and just got published. Right. So. So, she's like, I got all eight books, and she can't wait to read the new book. And he's, like, grateful because he still doesn't know. He's like, oh, you saved my life, you know? Mm-hmm. He's like, well, you know, you should read it. Or, oh, his new book. Yeah, new book, which is not a which misery Which is child. not a misery book. Yeah. And then I have, he's, oh, she is like, what's it about? He's like, I don't know. So I don't think we ever really know what his new book is about. All we know is about street kids. Oh, yeah, street kids, we find out. Mm-hmm. But she, I have quotes here how she, she says, feel all oogie. Oogie. I don't. Yeah, she must say, like, you must feel all oogie or something. Oh, from the pills. Yeah. Okay, all right. And then what you said earlier, Buster's on the case at the lodge. He goes to the lodge. We talk about the creature of habit. And then we get to the point where um, Annie has read some of his new novel. And the she's Untitled. Not, yeah, The Untitled New Work, and she's not happy. The Swearing Paul, it has no nobility. And she kind of freaks out here. Oh, yeah. What does she's, she do? She's a cock duty Oh, not yet. No, no. Not yet. Uh, does she do the dirty birdie? Sorry. Uh, she might have. Not yet. No, that's oh. later. She freaks out, and then she apologized and said that she loved him. Mm-hmm. See what you made me do? And then she goes, oh, and then she realizes she's crossed mm-hmm. the line. She yeah. acts like she's sorry. She's like, I love you, Paul. And then Paul gets his, like, first sign that something's going on here. Yeah. You can see it in his face. James Conn's face in this movie is great. Yeah, <laughs> they both are great. Beyond. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. <laughs> but, yeah, yeah. I think this might be the point where Act 1 ends. Yeah. And I think... The second act begins. Like, something... We're, we've, Paul starts to realize he's entered this new realm where things are not as they seem. Mm-hmm. Like, something's gone wrong. He's just beginning to get an inkling. Then... We have this scene with uh, old Buster and his wife in the car, and she gets a little handsy. Mm-hmm. He's a little... He gets those little... Frisky. Trying to find his worm. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he's like, you know, I'm, you know, this is business. He says, when you're in this car, you're not my wife. You're my deputy. Yeah. We're serious. And then they investigate where the car went off the road. But they don't find it. He goes down this kind of ravine. It's snow everywhere. Yeah, up to his nipples. Yes. <laughs> and, and He's like, fuck this. My nipples are cold. Uh-huh. But we see you how... can't really see that, but... No. <laughs> we see how close he got. The camera shows us. Oh, there's the upturned bit of the tire, which if he had gone a few feet, like, you know, 10 feet further, he would have seen. But he turns around like, no, there's nothing here. Yeah. That's me looking for things, too. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, uh... This is inconvenient. No, it's not here. <laughs> anyway. And then uh, we go back to Anya. She's like, she's bought the new, the last Misery book, Misery's Child. Oh, really? But uh, 
James Kahn or uh, Paul Sheldon ask, like, is the roads out, the phone not working? He's starting to seriously question. She makes up some lies. What does she say? She says that uh, her phone line is down, but in town it worked. And she called this agent, and she called the hospital. But the road to the hospital is not clear, but the road to town is. Mm-hmm. And I'm not, his face is kind of confused, but he mm-hmm. kind of believes her, I think. It's like, maybe. Maybe she saw the Probably room. not. And then the pig enters the room. Oh, misery the pig. Mm-hmm. And by the way, that's the pig's real name because of the end credits, because, you know, I'm worried about it. Mm-hmm. What's that pig's name? <laughs> and it said, misery the pig as herself. Aw. <laughs> he's not happy, though. No, it's a cute little pig going. Yeah. But he's not happy. Well, you know, if you're, you're starting to think that you're being held hostage. Hey, every one of us crazy. watching the movie is happy. <laughs> but he's not. <laughs> he's being, he's starting to think maybe something is not right here. Right. And this crazy person that freaked out on me. I wonder what I put that in there. Like it's. I think I know just why. Just a, a moment I've, of levity. Like, I have been in not that situation, but mm-hmm. a similar situation where. You're just so annoyed by someone, mm-hmm. and you're like, kind of like, I don't know what's wrong with them, and then they're like, oh, look at this, this is cute, you uh-huh. know, look at this. So it's like bringing it to the point where he can't quite be certain that she's evil, because she's got a cute little piggy. Yeah. So he's got to put up with this. Yeah. I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> I kind of just want to be home right now. Mm-hmm. And she kind of reveals, she kind of... A bit of her past, she says, when her husband left me, she thought she was going crazy. She dove into work at the hospital, and she did a lot of reading, as in her first introduction to the misery novels. And she's talking, and she she had um, taken his urine out from under his bed, and she's holding this jug, and she's shaking shaking it, the urine around. We're yeah, just, like, afraid she's going to spill it all over. He's looking very, <laughs> very concerned, like, ugh, because she's, you know, getting really into the conversation, shaking mm-hmm. that urine around. <laughs> And we were, we said this last night. Um, I bet you she keeps it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, a little memorabilia. Yeah. Do you think he? She labels it. Paul times, Sheldon's urine. Date. Yeah. Time. <laughs> and maybe she is a little sick. Uh, she might. I don't know. That's a dirty birdie kind of thing to do. It is. But she reads romance novels. I mean, but obviously his novels can't be that perverted if no. she's, like, upset. He, I guess he doesn't normally swear. Yeah. But she's reading, but as we find out in this next scene, she leaves, she comes back in in the middle of the night, freaking out and yelling at him because she has read his new novel, which is not a misery novel. No. We already talked about that. And she says, you dirty bird. She. Oh, you're right. right. Yeah, yeah. She's actually reading the last misery novel. Yeah, she bought the new misery yeah. novel at the store. And then she calls him a dirty bird. Yeah. She can't be dead. You murdered her. And he's like, well, she just slipped away, you know? He's like, no, you did it. You did it. And she's breaking things. I thought you were good, Paul. But you're another lying old dirty birdie. Dirty birdie. And then she reveals a very important clue to Paul, who was kind of wondering already. Yeah. She, she kind of throws it right on the table because she's so pissed off. She's like, don't think anyone's coming for you. If I die, you die. Yep, she never called. She never <clears throat> called anybody. And he is stuck 
with this crazy lady because he can't do anything. Yeah. But then... So he knows what's up. She's crazy. Yeah. And he tries to crawl out after she leaves. Mm -hmm. But it hurts too much. The pain. The pain. Yeah. Buster puts out an article about him being missing, about Paul being missing. And just so it's starting to go around like, hey, this is the last place that, you know, Paul Sheldon was seen and he's missing. And um, Annie comes back in, finds him on the floor in the pain. She's like, oh, you poor thing. Now she's all suddenly nice to him. Helps him back in bed. She's like, are you comfy? It's perfect. You want a snack? And then she realizes <laughs> sometimes... My thinking is a bit muddy. Yeah. And I didn't remember everything on the witness stand back in Denver. But she just mentions that, like, out of nowhere. I don't even know how to react if somebody said mm -hmm. that to me. I'm like, sometimes my brain is muddy. Like, I, I forget things on witness stands. <laughs> like, whoa, hold on there. Like, what? Time out. Time out. <laughs> There's not a cab somewhere, a cab company. Uh -huh. like, but he's, he's smart enough to know, like, yeah. she's messed up. and Not to try. Yeah. You just can't really try with her. Just, she's, she's got anger issues. He already knows it's past the point of m making rational sense. Yes. And she's... She's like, I asked God about you. Yeah. So then we get to what, we, what we're calling the first pinch point. Yes. I think. Where she brings in this little barbecue. A little... Charcoal. Charcoal grill. Pedro would not approve. Oh, yeah. It's all about propane. Yes. That's one of my favorite shows. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's so... Propane accessories. It's so great. It was written so well. It's just perfect. Even the later episodes. But anyway, she has his, you know, like his manuscript. His script... Or not screenplay. Look at me. Um, his, you know, his manuscript to his new novel... That he just written and finished, and he's on his way to his agent to bring when all this commotion happened to begin with, mm -hmm. and she has it on the grill, and then she starts squirting. You must rid the world of this filth, she says. She's squirting that lighter fluid mm -hmm. all over it, and he he kind of bullshits her. Yeah, he's like. Oh, I got, I got dozens of copies, you know, no big deal. We can burn this, you know, you ain't got nothing on me. But she calls his bluff. She knows him too well. She's such a psycho. She's she a knows. super fan. Super duper fan should be institutionalized. Do you think, well, we haven't got to that part yet, but I, I got a mm -hmm. question later. But anyway, and so then she starts like kind of, you know, freaking up freaking out and help and, me help you and she's like squirting him too like squirting the bed as well like kind of threatening him but in this like at least at least it's not urine this time huh yeah no it's just like <laughs> and and so squirting the bed as well and so he feels kind of like in this spot where he doesn't he's like hey She's going to kill me if I don't do this, and yeah. it sucks, but I'm going to have to do this, and it's going to break my heart, and he mm -hmm. does it. And he does it. And then the fire goes out of control, and she's like, heavens to Betsy, heavens to Betsy. 
and you see Paul's face. I, I want to be just around people that talk like that. D- despair. As long as they're not like her, though. Yeah. They say, heavens to Betsy, a cock-a-doody, mm-hmm. dirty birdie. And then we hear a helicopter. Buster is flying over the Wilkes farm, but he does not see the Mustang. So, 1965. <laughs> well, are we going to break into a white zombie song right now? This is 69, isn't it? It's not 65. What's it? 1865. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. I, I do have a lot of appreciation for old white zombie a lot. In the 80s, it's all psychedelic. Anyway, off topic. But so, Paul Sheldon is smart, and he hides his pain pills, not just under the mattress, but in the mattress. He cuts a little thing on the side. The fork. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, apparently, we're watching Love Connection for a little bit. She was She's watching, watching Love yeah. Connection. Not Paul. Paul is now in a wheelchair, and she gives him an electric razor so he can shave her. This sl- is the next day. Yeah, the next yeah. day. And she's like, she's got a big surprise for him. It's a new studio. You're going to write Misery's Return, a book in my honor for saving your life. I expect nothing less than your masterpiece. Jesus. And what, is, what does Paul Sheldon say? Uh, any, some people might consider this an oddball situation. <laughs> Just some. <laughs> so, yeah. Some, some people, not me, but, you know, some there people. There might be some of the population mm-hmm. that would not would think this is kind of weird. <laughs> Not, not you and me who truly yeah, understand yeah, yeah, each yeah, other. Yeah, we but, truly, yeah. <clears throat> yeah and, and he's kind of... He, he eyes an odd bobby pin on the floor. Yes. He's thinking. He's playing along. He's going to name somebody after his favorite nurse's name. But, you know, I'll do this for you. I'll, I'll write this new misery novel. I'll bring her back to life, you know. But do me a favor. We need some different paper. This one smudges. She's like, well, that's the most expensive paper I could find. Only, you know, like, oh, I got you this really good paper. It's like, well, look. And then he types smudge. Mm-hmm. And then he rubs his thumb across it. And it smudges, which any paper would mm-hmm. on a typewriter. She just, you know, he knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of freaks out. Um, Thank you for thinking of me. Anything else? I'll, wait, I'll bring the whole store for you, Mr. Man. Mr. Man. And she throws that box of paper on his legs. And he's like, you know, his legs are broken. And mm-hmm. But she does. She acquiesces and she leaves to get the paper, the special paper for Mr. Man. Yeah, that's cheaper. Uh-huh. <laughs> and while she's gone, this is what we're calling the midpoint. Yes, this is the midpoint. Or, or almost, we're almost there. Yeah. Paul gets that bobby pin he saw laying on the floor. And he, he's like, tries to pick the lock on this old door. And he's amazed when it actually works. He's like, I wrote this so many times in books. Yeah. I didn't, can't believe it actually works. Yeah. <laughs> but it's the, this old old school type of lock. Yeah, it's like kind of like an older farmhouse. Mm-hmm. So if anybody hasn't realized now, that you, if you're listening to this, there's spoilers. A lot of spoilers. What? <laughs> we should just say spoilers right at the beginning because that's all, this, what this show is, is spoilers. It all is spoilers. We're, we're hold- you don't have to watch the movie if you don't want to. You can just listen yeah, to us just talk listen to, to us. <laughs> and hopefully it's interesting enough by our voices. Mm-hmm. And oh. <laughs> I would recommend actually watching the movie. Yeah, I've watched the movie. <laughs> it's a great movie. It, which is funny because I have so many notes on this one. Mm-hmm. Okay, so he gets out of the room 
with the bobby pin. And he, and he looks for the telephone first thing. Like, oh, she's obviously lying about the telephone being out. He picks it up. Nothing happens. He lifts it up. There's nothing inside the telephone box. Like, no. all the electronics have been taken out. Yes. And he says, what well, we've all been thinking this whole entire time, the infamous words, You crazy bitch. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't even think that's, like, it, that's not even sexist at no. that point. She's just a fucking crazy bitch. And at some point, he's kind of going through in his wheelchair the house, and there's a little penguin statu- statue. Figurine? Figurine, yes. A little knick-knack? Almost knocks it over, but he catches it. He almost knocked over the knick-knack. The knick-knack, knick back patty whack. Gave a dog a bone. But that would lead to dog's <laughs> happiness. You don't want to do that. Yeah. yeah. We're kidding. We love doggies. They mm. just ruin our lives sometimes. <laughs> With their neediness. neediness. Much, anyway. much like penguins and Mario games. <laughs> that was only, was it Mario World? It was the new Super Mario Brothers we were playing. Oh, yeah. We can play simultaneously. Yeah. There's some penguins and we yelled, Penguin! Because it sounded like you said that. Mm-hmm. Which is like a penguin ragoon. <laughs> anyway, they he finds some more pills and stashes some away. Well, also he finds his picture amongst that he must have signed at some point. She mm-hmm. must have like met him at like a book signing, and it says mm-hmm. to my biggest fan, blah blah blah. You know, which is creepy because it's like almost an altar with all his books. But yeah. you know who else? And this is where I wanted to make wanted to ask earlier. Mm-hmm. Is she has a picture of Liberace, which yes. at the first at first I wasn't sure if that was him. Yeah, that was him. And yeah. but we found out later. Mm-hmm. But so, do you think she stalks Liberace as much as she stalks? She would have, but I think he was dead by then. No, he wasn't. Was he? He wasn't. Nineteen ninety. I don't know when he died. And I don't know when the book was written. He wasn't. Last I heard of him being famous was like on the Johnny Carson show. Yeah, but I thought. Which was going through the 80s, I remember as a kid. So, I don't know. Wouldn't it be crazy if, like, if there was, like, a Misery 2 where she, like, stalks Liberace? Like, Like a prequel. A prequel. A prequel where she stalks Liberace? Oh, yeah, and that's how he died. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I don't even know how he died. I I have no idea about Liberace, really. I don't even know when he died. Mm Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, Liberace. Mm-hmm. You rest in peace. You're God's angel now. Shiny, shiny angel. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those aren't stars. That's Liberace's jacket outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That makes sense now. So, he's still, and he's on her way home. There's time, suspense, there's a time limit. It's like a clock ticking. She's on her way home. Oh, yes. And Paul has to get out of the chair to crawl through to see this weapon. He can't get his uh, wheelchair through. He has to crawl out. Mm Mm-hmm. The kitchen. He couldn't get through the kitchen. To get the chef knife. Mm Mm-hmm. And he hears her pull up. He has to climb back in the chair and rush back, close all the doors, like make the... And then lock it back up. Yeah, and lock it back up with the bobby pin, no less. I don't know. Well, yeah, in theory, but it would be hard. Yeah. 
and he, like, she's coming up the stairs. She drops the paper and it gives him an like extra second or two. Yeah. And he gets back in bed with the pin, like, locks back up with bed? the pin and hides pills. Or not back in bed, but, you know, in back, in, back in his room yeah. and locks it back up. And then she comes in, Paul, you're dripping with perspiration. What have you been doing? And he makes up a lie. He's like, oh, it's the pain. I need more pills. Like, he actually makes her feel bad because he's uh-huh. like, I'm, I'm dying here. Uh-huh. <laughs> so I have, what I have next is she gives him a pencil and pad and says, think of me as your inspiration. <laughs> and then she blows him a kiss and then he catches it. <laughs> Ugh, so cringy. So cringy. Then the helicopter finds the car. Yes. So what, state troopers or something got involved finally or something? And they're like, they assumed he was dead if mm-hmm. Manimal didn't get him. Uh, he's frozen to death if Manimal doesn't get him. Right. Like, obviously he got out of his car. Buster's looking at the car and he's looking and at his, the door. And his wife says, you don't think he's dead. And he's looking at the door. Yeah. And dents on the door. He's like, uh, what I wrote down here was Columbo. Yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like Columbo. Like, uh, yeah. like he acts like he's, or people like don't take him seriously. He doesn't seem like a super intelligent kind of guy, but he is. Yeah. Like. Uh, he's Buster. Yeah. It's like, um, what's her name in Fargo? What's her name? Really? You're going to diss on what's her name? I'm not dissing on her. I'm just. Marge? Marge. Margie. Yeah. How can oh, you forget Margie, about Margie? Margie, she was always a swell girl. Yes. A swell lady. That's what he said. Swell lady. And she is. She knows that somebody helped him out. Or he knows that. So, then we're back to Sheldon. He's emptying pills in this paper cylinder container he made. Yeah. Or paper. He's emptying, like, the inner parts of the pills. All, all the them pills all together. that he's been mm-hmm. saving and then the ones he found. That he's, yeah. That he, also that he stole from the her closet. Her stashed. Uh huh. And he's staring at the type at the typewriter, like you know, he's got to write this damn Stupid. book. And he just writes fuck, 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 fuck. <laughs> <laughs> he types fuck. Yeah. fuck and fuck. it's like it's it's a little bit of a callback to uh, Stephen King's other novel, uh, the, the Shining. Shining. Yeah. And it does have a lot of the same elements. Mm-hmm. The Shining was mm-hmm. before, but at least the movie was before. Mm-hmm. I don't know what is what in Stephen King yeah, but- world. What came first, but I know that you know Kubrick was alive, mm-hmm. and he made the movie, so it was before 1990. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Oh no, Kubrick was 1999. Yeah, yeah, because he did Eyes Wide Shut, which yeah. is so. But anyway, but it's a callback to that that writer scene, like he had uh, all work and no play makes Jack a dull boy over and over. Yeah, it's a, like a faint callback to that, I guess. You know, and it, and yeah, fuck, fuck, fuck. Mm-hmm. Just is, in general. Which is what we've all been thinking too. Yeah. But and so <laughs> But he does eventually but he does start writing. Yes, he does. And he gives some some to Annie and she gives him a little feedback and she says, This is all wrong, Paul. I mean I'm really flattered that you named the grave dicker after me. <laughs> <laughs> you can keep that part. Yeah. But it's just not fair how you just like went back in time. And then she goes to explain why this isn't fair of how he brought misery back to life. Saying that didn't happen because she used to watch these serials on the movie theater of Rocket Man, like there was a car crash. Oh my god! Like Paul, and he jumped free, but I didn't cheer. Or he, well, then they, then the next week, like they said, oh, he jumped free before the car hit, and like everybody cheered, but I didn't cheer because I knew that didn't happen. What? Last week. What did she do? She says, 
He didn't get out of the cock-a-doody car. She stood up in a movie theater and said that. Yeah. Yeah. She's one of those. You can analyze this moment. I think. I, I don't know. I think. She has no sense of people's boundaries and sense so, of. Sociopathic at some level. Oh, yeah. She's definitely a sociopath. But she just has no sense of people's boundaries, I feel like. She would scream in a theater and think that she's doing something well, good by well, telling people. Because she, well, she just gets so emotionally involved that she can't control herself. It's part of her problem. Oh, yeah, so it might true. be psycho- psychopathic. Oh, yeah. A little bit. Yeah. Because she can't control she her can't. emotions. No. A sociopath would be able to, yeah. I think. No, they, they just, just want to. Yeah, they want to. Mm-hmm. Here's from our limited knowledge of uh, psychiatry. Yeah, I, it is very limited. <laughs> I, yeah, I went to college, but. Yeah. Let's just say I don't remember. But she has what she I has wanted. some control issues, and she doesn't she loses control of herself and doesn't remember things. Is what we know so far. Yeah, because I hate those. Like I hate, <laughs> I hate those. I people. hate I hate psychopathic killers too. Well, no, we no. should join a club. We must be very few people in the world yeah. who hate psychopathic killers. No, I just I, I you know like when people like yeah I notice things when movies are wrong or whatever. I never make a big deal. <clears throat> it's fiction. But people get, like, very passionate, and they say stupid shit mm-hmm. about it, and you're just like, oh, my God. Hey, no, you might be a little hypocritical because I've heard you talk about Jar Jar Binks. I fucking hate Jar Jar Binks. <laughs> so, I don't know if you can talk about that. You know, George Lucas, that was the worst idea. All right? Come on, man. Maybe we should review some Star Wars someday because we no, because really go the... in-depth, deep dive on that. Nobody wants to listen to a five-hour episode. <laughs> All right? We'll break it up in parts. Yeah, part one, part two, part three. Jar Jar Binks, part one. Rachel hates Jar Jar, <laughs> part one. <laughs> Rachel thinks the first episode one, episode two, and episode three sucks, part two. I'm going to have to defend them. I mean, I, I totally know where you're coming from when hating them, but... I, I enjoy a lot about them. But see... I, but I can I can just put my blinders on about Jar Jar and then it's all good. You can't. <laughs> I can't. It, it's everything I'm against. And also the Anakin... Uh, Fucking pod racing scene. And that's so oh, stupid. I, like, I love the pod racing scene. I thought it was stupid. My problem was the love story in, in oh, 2. Oh, him and... Uh, what's her name? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't buy that very well. It's stupid. I just want whiny Mart or whiny Mart. Whiny Mart. <laughs> see, Luke. See, that's but that goes back to the original trilogy. Yeah, Luke Skywalker was a little whiny bee. The whole whiny a bee. whiny bee. <laughs> a whiny bee. Yeah. You call him a whiny bee. Exactly. My my grandmother would be proud of you for just saying whiny bee. I think it's funnier to say bee than bitch. <laughs> Normally, I was thinking whiny bitch, but I thought it would be more funny. I thought he was. Because it's, it's almost demeaning him even more to call him a whiny bee. I just think he's crying. <laughs> exactly. I, I was going to say whiny bitch or whiny bee. I was going to say crybaby. Like, oh, I, oh, I, I, I got this force and I got to learn how to do it. Oh, but then he's cocky too. 
Yeah, he is. Oh, it's just like shooting one press back home. Okay, this is devolving. Yes, badly. you need to stop. This it. has nothing to do with Star Wars. No, it doesn't. We weren't even talking about Hoth. This There's is not... why I told you we can't do an episode <laughs> about Star Wars because it would be going on for months. <laughs> it would. And you know how much editing I would have to do? <laughs> I had to do so much editing on these ones. Imagine if we had to do Star Wars. You. You know when you come home and you see me and I'm like, and then I'll start frustrated. talking about, I'll start talking about Dune and everything. Star Wars ripped off of Dune, yeah. like that's a whole episode right there. I know. <sighs> now Jason's really excited about there's gonna be a new Dune movie. Mm-hmm. I hope, I hope it's gonna be good. We were burned on Dark Tower. Speaking of Stephen King, yes, Dark Tower burned us pretty bad. Yeah, that fucking sucked. Yeah, it did. I I I'm glad I've never even seen anything about it ever since. Mm-hmm. Like. It was just such a horrible... I'm not even sure who directed it, but it just sucked. And It did not do justice to the material. No. Dark Tower is really a great novel <laughs> series. This is epic. This is fantasy epic. Mm-hmm. It's western fantasy epic. He had to finish it before he died, remember? Mm-hmm. Okay, we are way off, so... Yes. Anyway, back where we were. Where were we? Um, Grave Digger... Uh, Rocket Man. Rocket Man. Um, oh, that's where we went off topic. How much I hate those kind of people. Serials. Which uh, Star Wars is based on uh, Flash Gordon serials. Yep. It was his original idea. He wanted to make a Flash Gordon movie, but he couldn't. So he, he made said, Star Wars. He said he made, made a Flash Gordon movie. No, that's uh, somebody else, I'm sure. <laughs> he didn't get out of the cock duty car. That's where we are. Yep. That's where we are. And you have to, like, Misery was buried in the ground at the end of the last one. He's Mm -hmm. like, you have to start there. Like, she wants him to write Kill Bill Part 2. Yeah. Where she breaks out of the coffin. It's like, whoa! (laughs) And she's excited. He does it right. What is this? Oh, you're joking. Um, (laughs) Have to wait. You have to wait. Because he's starting writing, doing what she wants. wants. And he's like, hey, let's celebrate. You know, and he hasn't finished it yet, but he's like, hey. She spins around when she's like greeting him, bringing her back to life, sort of. Yeah. She spins around. This whole house will be filled with romance. He plays Liberace. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, that sounds awesome. Would you have dinner with me tonight to celebrate? He says that. Yeah. Yeah. It's a plan. And then. In parentheses, plot to drug her, I wrote. So we know he's been stashing these drugs. And this is probably around the second plot point, right? Almost to the second pinch point, I'm calling it. The pinch point? Okay. Which is, I think, the dinner. I have a little side here that says, Buster buys some misery books, and he's reading them in bed yes. with his wife. Yeah, I that's hilarious. <laughs> and then she says something. I've missed what it was, but I wrote down a quote. And he goes, and Buster is like, you see, this is... Just the kind of sarcasm that's given our marriage real spice. Yeah, she was making fun of his misery books. Uh-huh. And her wanted that B and him not giving it. Mm-hmm. What a tease. Buster's the tease. <laughs> but anyway. Anyway, we're at the dinner, and she's dressed up in, like, 19th century garb, like, uh... I'm like an Amish lady. Uh, like an Amish lady. Uh, it made me think of, um, what's her name with an axe? Um, Lizzie Borden. Lizzie Borden had an ex. <laughs> That's what it makes me think of. <laughs> Fucking Lizzie Borden. 
And he, and com he compliments her meatloaf. I've never had meatloaf this good. I and made meatloaf today because I knew. In honor. In honor of this movie. I made it. And so I don't know why. I thought that scene was really funny. Mm -hmm. And I made it in honor of misery today. Mm -hmm. And he asked, I think she, he asked what his, her uh, secret is. She mixes it with spam. Yeah, I didn't do that. Uh -huh. I promise you. We did not. It's pours wine, candles, like, oh, you got candles, so she can leave the room. And he, here comes the plot, the pinch point. Yeah. He, this is what he's trying to do. He pours all the pills he's been saving up. She went to go find her, candles. In yeah. her drink. While she was looking for candles. Mm -hmm. What did she say before um, this happens? I have a quote here. It says, I would have checked both legs to see which one was being pulled. Oh, because she, if she would have known that she'd be having dinner... Candlelight dinner with Paul Sheldon. Uh -huh. She would have to, yeah. That's why she said that. And then what does she do? She spills her whole goddamn drink. And she comes back. He mm -hmm. wants to cheers. And look at his face. It was pure misery. It is the name of the movie right there. Misery. <laughs> like fuck. <laughs> it's not like he can try and do it again. Epic fail. Yes. After all that work and so much ingenious planning, mm -hmm. he almost pulls it off. Almost. And, and it all goes to shit. Shitty boobs. He just has to continue writing this damn book. Yeah. He's lifting the typewriter for exercise. Yeah, he's trying to get stronger, uh -huh. trying to, you know, like, maybe I gotta punch this bitch out. Mm -hmm. I don't know what I gotta do next. Right. Get out of here. And she's depressed at some point. It's, oh, it's raining. The rain gives me yeah. the blues. Yeah. Oh, because... He's writing this book and she's loving it. She's like, at first I only loved the writer, but now I love the man. Yeah. The rest. But, but she knows, I know you don't love me. I'm not a movie star type. And she's kind of getting this realization that maybe he's just being nice to her mm -hmm. because he kind of has to. Yeah, she has a, a, a vague moment of clarity. That's what makes her depressed. Yeah. This book is almost done. And once it's done... What else can she do? She's like, I'm going to lose you. Like, it's going to be done. And then this whole amazing thing. And he's healing. It. Yeah. And, she, and he's like, why would you lose me? You're healing. Mm -hmm. Why would I leave? I like it here. Mm-hmm. Got to show that little Stockholm Syndrome faking. Yeah, he's fake. He's that. totally fake. Yeah. Yeah. She pulls out a gun. Sometimes I think about using it, she says, and leaves. Not scary at all. Mm -hmm. No, not that creepy. So then it says, Paul gets knife. Yeah. He gets a knife and he puts it in his, uh, his, his sling. sling. Yeah. But then, he must have got out at this point. It says, he found this, he gets out again, finds a scrapbook to memory lane where he, yeah. he reads all the backstory of the newspaper. Articles about mm -hmm. her that she saved in uh, articles uh, about him, about him being missing, people are looking mm -hmm. for him. But also in the back, a lot of newborn deaths. She yeah. was in the hospital. When she worked in the hospital. Mm -hmm. But she keeps these. Yep. They called her the dragon lady in one of yeah. the um, articles about the baby mm -hmm. deaths. And she's been behind bars. And then he hides the knife in his sling, puts the knife under the mattress after he hears her go watch TV. So I'm skipping something there. See you in the morning, I have quotes. Annie When he wakes, wake, he wakes yeah, up. He wakes up and Annie injects him mm -hmm. with some oh, drug. Right. Well, it's like he's planning this. He's practicing with a knife, so we're like, okay, he's mm -hmm. going to try to kill her. 
But before he can do anything, she's injecting him. Yeah. Or trying to. And then he wakes up. And she's like, Paul, I know you've been out. Yes. And this whole time, the music playing, I think it's Moonlight Sonata, I believe, in the background. Yeah. Probably by Liberace. No, it's Mozart. Yeah, but Liberace's playing it. I know, know Liberace didn't write Moonlight Sonata. <laughs> anyway. And she has him tied up to the bed. Mm-hmm. Like strapped down like his belt or something. She knows because the penguin earlier was facing due south. Yeah. Or it's supposed to face due south or something like that. And he wasn't. Found and she the, found the knife. Found the knife. And then she talked about the hobbling operation. Kimberly Diamond Mines, she says. Yeah, it's... Uh, in the diamond mines, the natives, uh, what they would do to them if they catch them stealing, but they need them to still work, they would do this punishment. A big, not log, but like almost like a... This is, might be the most memorable point in the movie. Yeah, and I think we would consider this... The, this sec- would, the second plot point, I think, might be the beginning of Act 3. It has to be the beginning of Act uh-huh. 3. It's like yeah. the lowest point for the main character. And so he... It's about to happen. She has this big block between his ankles and his legs. Mm-hmm. He's tied down to a bed. And what does she do next? Well, she says, God, I love you. <laughs> and that's it. No. no, no. Oh. <laughs> I think no, it's after she hobbles him. She says, God, I love you. Yeah. So she takes this huge hammer and breaks his foot. You see his foot crinkle like sideways yeah between this thick block of wood it's like a four by four yeah now he's even in more pain and he just got his ankles foot probably broken now he's even more i think now we're going to buster in the morning there's a car incident yeah uh buster sees annie yelling at somebody you cock duty you poop but that's okay i want to guys buster zoom in there's that spice again Oh, oh, he must have been talking to his wife. There's that yeah. spice again. Yeah. And uh, he goes to the library, discovers about the infant deaths with her name, pieces it together, that it's Annie Wilkes. So Buster's, like, figuring it out. Buster's on the case. Mm-hmm. Then Annie says, must be Annie that says, hi, pumpkin. Mm-hmm. And he flips her off. So Buster's investigating the party store with VHSs there, <laughs> which I we, we rented this movie. Not in a VHS form, but in no, a DVD. Yeah. It just made me think of video stores she bought the paper where she where she bought the paper yeah and he the question is that guy about Annie Wilkes and uh he sheriff department goes off road Paul sees his car I'm confused yeah me too my notes are starting to fall apart here at the yeah end. I'm thinking so Annie injects him and there's a fight he's jumping and you puts know. him downstairs yeah so Buster heads over to Annie's house mm-hmm. so she gets it's a long driveway. She sees the car coming. She injects Paul with a needle because he's like, sees a glimmer of hope. Like, yep. oh shit. Like, I might get saved here. Mm-hmm. Like, finally, I can get away from this crazy bitch. And so she injects him with whatever it is probably mm-hmm. morphine or something. I don't know. Morphine doesn't make you really fall asleep like that, though. I don't know. Whatever drug it might be. And then kind of throws him downstairs. Mm-hmm. And so. To hide him. To hide him. Because she knows the sheriff is coming. Yep. And then when he gets there, Buster. Yeah, I think this is about when the climax sort of begins. There's like the final... Final showdown. Mm -hmm. Well, countdown. (laughs) 
Yeah, that yeah, works. Yeah. So Buster shows up. He's like, what do you know about Paul Sheldon? He's like, oh, I'm his number one fan, and invites him in. Eventually. He, at first, she was rambling. Mm-hmm. He's like, where's my manners? I'm not used to guests. Come on in to mm-hmm. my cocky-doody house, <laughs> Mr. Man. <laughs> she doesn't really say that, but... Something like that, yeah. Yeah, concept. So that's what she's thinking. Yeah. And he, he notices there's a shrine to Paul Sheldon. Yeah. And I have here... Uh, she must be talking, says, God said she would be the replacement. Mm-hmm. Because oh, of oh. the typewriter. Oh, yeah. He finds the typewriter. He's like, what is this doing well, here? Well, she said that before he even went in that room mm-hmm. to kind of like, yeah, I'm going to be, God told me that I'm going to be his replacement now that he's dead. Yeah. That I can. Make up new stories. Make up new stories. And about explains why she bought the paper. She's yeah. A, she's smart in some ways. Yeah. With her lies. Well, she's been in trouble before, mm-hmm. you know. She's like, I spent the past four weeks trying to write like Paul Sheldon in order to explain this evidence here. But she couldn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hot cocoa. Did she offer him hot cocoa? Yeah, and he didn't want it. And, and he goes upstairs, and everybody's, all of us are yelling, go downstairs, but he goes upstairs. He's in her room, mm-hmm. but, looking at her dildos. <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, Paul makes a noise downstairs because he knows he's there. No, Paul didn't make a noise yet. It, it, he gets... She goes back upstairs. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, here's your hot cocoa. And he's like, oh, I'm good. I better get going. Mm-hmm. He goes back downstairs. He's about to, like, walk out the door. Mm-hmm. And then you hear a noise from the basement. And that's when he comes back in. Mm-hmm. And he goes downstairs. Mm-hmm. And then she... Shoots him with a shotgun. She shotgunned him. Mm-hmm. Poor Buster. Poor Buster. Rest in peace. His wife was very sexually frustrated. <laughs> <laughs> and you just wouldn't just give her the D. Why didn't you put out, Buster? She had vitamin D deficiency, and she just needed that D. So you're saying this is a justified killing? Is no, I'm, I'm not. I'm just saying, now she's really going out with without yeah. D. Unless, yeah. yeah. But anyway, Buster dies. Buster dies. Don't feel bad, Paul. It's a sign. I was chosen. Now our time in this world must end. I don't remember her saying that, but... <laughs> she has two bullets. Oh, yes. She has two bullets. So Annie has come to kill them both. He tells her that he needs to finish the book. Mm-hmm. He can't die yet because he's out of finished misery. Mm-hmm. He, he knows what to say to her, you know. And she's like, oh, We have yeah. to give misery back to the world. Yeah. <laughs> I'll fix you something to eat, she says. Yeah. So he's typing the last chapter. And you know, when I finished a novel, I need three things. Yep. That was back to the beginning of the movie. One cigarette, one match, and one Don Perignon. She says it funny. Does, Does she say Don Perignon? Yeah. Okay. She says Don Perignon. She's like, did I do good? He's got two glasses. Oh, Paul. No, he asked, and he's like, and, but I need two glasses. Oh, yeah. Oh, Paul. And that's when she's like, oh. Mm-hmm. Oh, I need to be. I'm part of this. Mm-hmm. I'm accepted. Because mm-hmm. she said early on, too, that, you know, like, she made a comment. Because she said a lot of shit. Like, that's insane. But Polly was never popular because of her anger ma- problems. Mm-hmm. And so she just wants to be accepted. She just wants this man that she idolized, loves his stories, that she related to when she was the most down 
on her life. Mm-hmm. Like, it brought her back up. So he knows that this is... He found her weakness. He found it. He knows that she just wants somebody to accept her and she can be part of it and like her. And even though he's pretending because she's a fucking psychopath, he's pretending this because he knows that's his way out of here. Yeah. Anyway. Anyway, she goes to get the glasses. When she comes back in, he's waiting with her trick. Yes. Lighter fluid on the pages. Of misery. Of the ending. Of misery. Or in this novel, at least. I don't know. She doesn't want misery to die, so. But he's like, she's like, he's like, but I know. This is the climactic moment. Yeah. Where he's like, the final showdown of the final showdowns. Mm-hmm. He's like, but all the secrets are in here. You haven't read it all yet. I just finished it. Who is misery's real father? What happens? It's all right here. Oh. And so, does he burn it right then? Or he's just threatening to burn it? He he douses it with mm-hmm. lighter fluid. Right. And then he lights... Yeah, he lights it on fire. Yep, and then she freaks out. And then he hit her with a typewriter. Yep, knocks her with the typewriter he's been practicing with. Yep. There's she, choking involved. Yep, and then she shoots him in the shoulder. Wait, before that, she doesn't say cock duty or any of her made-up words. She calls him a cocksucker. Oh, my God. She actually swears. I I hope Jesus was watching mm-hmm. or listening. This is like the final, yeah. She's actually swearing, swearing at this moment. Swearing, swearing, swearing. Yes. She shoots him in the shoulder. They beat. He trips her. She hits her head on the typewriter. He crawls away. Wait, wait. He makes her eat the burning pages. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Eat this. I don't know what he said to her. Eat it. Eat it. It says. Yeah. Burning pages. You sick, twisted fuck. Yeah. She kind of deserved that. Then her head hits the typewriter unconscious. And then he crawls away. Pig crawls up, or Paul crawls out. She jumps on him, and there's a pig statue. I think it was cast iron. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what knocks her. Oh, call back to the misery pig. Yeah. And that must be what killed her or knocks her out, at least. Uh, That was a pig statue that Mm -hmm. does something to her. We don't really know for sure. Maybe the book tells us. I haven't read, have you? No. So that was the climax. Our hero defeats the villain, Annie Wilkes. And then we jump ahead 18 months later to the resolution. It's back in New York. I have a higher education of something stone. Must be his new book. Yeah. And there's Lauren Bacall again, his agent. He's like, oh, you got a shot at some prizes. The critics really like it. He's like, I wrote it for me. And it was Annie Wilkes. That experience helped me. And she's like, well, how about a nonfiction book? And he's like, that was the worst horror of my life. I'm not going to sell that to make a few bucks. No. And then he has these flashbacks. Mm-hmm. They're in a restaurant. And he sees a waitress. And he thinks she's, for a brief moment, Annie Wilkes. So he has some PTSD going I'm your on. number one fan. Number one fan. We need a fan. Yeah. <laughs> and also, I, I'd like to mention that we do have a guest right now. Um, we have my spawn, who's a goofball. Her name is Ren, and 
You wanna? What did you think? We made her watch Mr. Well, she wanted to. Anyway, that was the end of the movie. That was the end. So, well, what's your thoughts? Just creepy. Great acting, right? Great acting. Like, and Kathy Bates. I have a lot of respect for Kathy Bates. I mean, she's been in... I mean, we were obsessed with... Or I was obsessed with American Horror Story. And I do love those shows. I love them so much. And I haven't watched a new... The latest season, I have. Is there a new one out? Well, it has been out. The last one we saw was um, the political one mm-hmm. with uh, like Trump supporters, and then the super liberal and the super mm-hmm. alt right, like the extremes of both of them. Uh-huh. I forgot the title of that yeah, season. Yeah, me too. Um, and that was pretty good. It was pretty good, and it, it had your it brought tension because you know you know politics in this country is bullshit and everything is nuts mm-hmm. we don't we're not gonna go there but but Kathy Bates is an amazing actress mm-hmm. she like I even some people make fun of me but I, I'm sorry fried green tomatoes is a great fucking movie you know I've never seen it maybe we should uh, watch it it's really good and it has it's a great story it has, I, I love the story funny, structure it's like I was in like fifth grade or so or sixth grade maybe and there was some kid that everybody made fun of and he was a big fan of fried green tomatoes well it's a good movie I mean yeah. it was made for mostly like middle-aged women right yeah that's yeah. probably what people made fun but of but it's a great story structure well, I've never seen it but I probably There's should flashbacks of different time periods of life and it's just the way the story is it's really good it's a very emotional story Kathy Bates' character, I can't remember why, but she meets this woman in a nursing home. I think she's visiting like one of her in-laws, and they hate her. But she, by chance, met this old lady in the nursing home who would tell her stories. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's something to think about is uh, what movies... Because we don't really have a theme of what type of movies we watch here. No. Well, I wanted, you know, at least for the beginning, we talked about this. Mm -hmm. And for me, I want to do more um, great movies, at least at first. And so we talk about classics and, like, good ones. And so we can get a plot structure down Mm -hmm. and how things are written, even though we kind of drive off from that. Um, One thing about this movie, Misery, that Stephen King doesn't believe in that at all. He doesn't believe in his plot structure at all. He's total seat of the pants here. Yeah. And, yeah, if you've written, you know, 100 books, maybe you can do that. Yeah. <laughs> but but uh, for a lot of uh, noobs, I, I think it's good to study story structure. It's good to know this because mm-hmm. even for me right now, it's hard. Like, I'm coming up with this new story, this new uh, screenplay I want to make someday, hopefully soon. Mm-hmm. And I'm running into, like... <laughs> Parts of it. Plot yeah. holes. So you get you yeah. get hit these points where you have to like go back and, and figure revise out where, everything. Where so I'm that's why I think that's why I think this whole plot structure idea is good to learn because you can figure that out before you waste all this time writing all these scenes that might you might have to delete entirely. <laughs> you could spend like weeks, months of your life writing these scenes and then have to not be able to use them because you decided figured out later that you couldn't use it to fin- finish the book. Yeah. So I'd like to figure it in the outline stage first. Before we do you it. actually do the writing. Ren, what did you think of the movie? It was good. 
scene where where he just writes the same word over and over again on paper. What word was that? <laughs> oh, I'm setting you up. <laughs> you're grounded. <laughs> I know what you're thinking. <laughs> I feel like if I was in that situation, I would I would have done that too, but made like six hundred pages of that. Yeah. And just and then she'll like find it, like, it and then she'll uh-huh. freak out, you know. Uh-huh. But. Totally understandable. It's a good uh, showing of emotion of how he's feeling. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a great movie, and unfortunately, some people have ruined a lot of Stephen King books. I never, I don't think I've ever read Misery. Tell you the truth, no, but I never have. You know, most of his other books I've written or written, read. <laughs> he has written that I have read. I meant to say, I. You know, he's a great writer. I do have a problem with uh, the original It, and the new one's a little better, I guess. Is a you know there's gonna be a second part, mm-hmm. a new. It's better, and then, but I I don't know the first It really disappointed me, in a lot of ways. The made for TV one you're talking about. Uh, that five hour long one, <laughs> the three hour, It movie. The remember it's like double VHS. Yeah. Yeah, with Tim Curry. Um, it's, I don't know, I just didn't like it. I remember not liking it as a kid. Like, I was really excited. I remember when it first came out on TV. Yeah. Then I watched a couple episodes, and I kind of liked it, but, like, when I finally saw, like, the ending, it was, I hated it. Yeah. And and then years later, like, I was a teenager, and I was, like, all pompous and thought, like, all Stephen King things were crap. I because went to he this, was popular? He was really popular, and they weren't very well done. They were in these made-for-TV movies, mostly. So they weren't that good. So I was all promised about Stephen King for a while until someone had me read Different Seasons, which is like a book of four novellas, which included like three movies that are really good, like um, apt, that became movies later. Apt Pupil, The Body, which became Stand By Me, which yeah. I actually saw earlier as a kid. That's a great movie. I didn't realize it was Stephen King as a kid. Yeah, it's a wonderful movie. And also, read it. my favorite of those books, which I saw before the movie came out, was Rita Hayworth and the Shawshank Redemption. Yeah, that's a great movie. And that became a great movie. And then I, that's when I earned my respect for Stephen King, when I actually started reading him. Yeah. I kind of always knew he was great before I actually really read him. Like, obviously, there's got to be a reason why he's mm-hmm. you know popular and people want to make movies out of his writing i can't really necessarily say what book i've read first because i don't remember and you gotta remember i'm a big pothead i don't know what i'm doing half the time i'm kidding but i don't remember what i saw or read first but i remember liking the shining as a kid i remember liking uh, pet cemetery i love that movie i I was scared of it. I was like afraid to death of that movie. And I actually refused to watch it as a kid because I was so scared of clowns. Mm-hmm. And I still am to this point. I Clowns oh, at a circus? Fine. Clowns maybe, in closets maybe, and outside of a circus? Not fine. Maybe in the future we'll do a, um, a double review of um, the original It and then the new ones. Yeah, we could do that. I don't... See, the thing is, is everybody, like... Maybe it's when people hype things up. That is a huge problem. Because people hype it up and... 
the more both of them the more things are hyped that you know about uh the, the worse your in your impression is going to be and i don't want to be. be an elitist uh-huh. and be a dick and pompous but you know a majority of population no <laughs> they don't have like they think stuff like i don't know like pitch perfect is a great movie and shit like that and they think romance comedies with jack jack black is great and so i am always skeptical of when people are like oh my god this is great like i i wouldn't like stranger things Mm -hmm. i had no interest in watching it for the longest time because i was afraid that it was gonna suck because everybody and especially certain people i knew that i knew like bad movies like uh-huh. 100 days of summer and stupid shit like that that it's, movie sucks and he was not a great guy he's not a romantic movie movies hype. like that we're, we're talking about hype and you're right i think what what i owe to liking good movies say when i was younger is that i missed a lot of hype and therefore i saw good movies just blank knowing not knowing anything going in and it was like wow this is really good because i had not heard the hype a lot of the time and that's one thing that I miss about hype, not uh, having the internet. Yeah, hype ruins things. It ruins movies and music and everything else. Because um, it gets your expe- expectations so high and you're not... They're not. Mm-hmm. You can never match it. No. Like, um, say, American Beauty. I was lucky to see that not knowing anything about it. I had never heard a word about it. Someone dragged, they dragged me to the theater to watch this movie. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised how great it was. But if I had heard the hype beforehand, I probably would have been like, meh. Yeah. You know what I mean? Uh, it's all right. I don't yeah. even think it was that great. I thought it was like great because it totally caught me by surprise. People were trying to, like, like in the, like half an hour before they dragged me to the movie, all I heard, I heard like the most basic description and it sounded like crap. Yeah. <laughs> and so I was like, this is going to be crap. I'll sit through this, whatever. And I was like, oh my God, this is actually really fucking good. Maybe I am a pompous asshole. Yeah. Maybe. It, it's a lot about hype. You can't. It's almost best to just isolate yourself. Like. I can't do that. Like, hear nothing about a movie. Like, like it's. What's. what's cr- that, yeah, it's hard to do that now because you you pick things. It's what was great about the old days. Is when you could flip through like movie channels or something, and then a movie just happens. <laughs> movie yeah. just just happens beyond. You don't even know what it is sometimes. No. Yeah. And you get hooked in, and you can watch a good movie that you would never pick normally, like it's outside of your normal genre range or whatever, or people telling you that it's good or bad or whatever, and you just you just experience it. Yeah. And that's the best way to view a movie, really, with no expectations. And I think, you know, the internet. I really am starting to hate the internet lately, but that's yeah. just because social media is just fucking cancer. Um, but I have to be on it to promote anything <laughs> that I'm trying to do, and I do like to see what my friends are doing without actually calling them because I don't actually want to call them either. Talking to people, ah. <sighs> that's how I feel too. Well, I'm, I'm... phone <laughs> conversations always have been awkward. I mean. You really, like, once you get on the phone, you're just like, what do I say? How you been? Oh, yeah. You got two minutes, buddy. My time is precious. <laughs> it's not bad. It's just, I don't have, 
I don't, I don't know. I just, I, 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 maybe I just am getting older and I just don't really have much to say. Like even in public settings, you know, mm-hmm. I, I don't really know. I know how to start. I'm very social and you yeah. know that, but mm-hmm. I, there's times where you just, eh, there's nothing to talk about. Mm-hmm. You know, like, oh, you've been good. I've been good. All right. Conversation over. And then that's it. That's weird because you sound like me now. You're, you're like total extrovert. I'm an introvert. And it's weird when you sound like me. Well, I just, I hate phone <laughs> conversations. I hate, <laughs> I hate talking on the phone. Um, texting is fine. And even that gets like annoying to me. Like, okay, I get it. I don't have anything else. And then I just say, yeah, like 10 times while they're telling me things. Mm-hmm. Like, I got to respond and let them know I read it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, well, not always, because I usually try to make sure that my iPhone is where people can't see it, where if you read it or not. And I, I hear when you read it. Uh, well. well, you can sort of, sometimes you can cheat, like it'll pop up on your phone without actually clicking on the opening the app. Yeah, and you don't actually have so to. So you, you can see it, and then you're like, well, I didn't officially see it. Well, yeah, <laughs> I can kind of do that. <laughs> Once in a while, but if, if, you're, I, if you I catch it right away. I generally have it on yeah. my settings that, you know, people can't see if I read their comment or not, or their text message or mm-hmm. not. I generally have it set up for that. I don't know why it shows up on yours, but I'm going to have to go through my phone now <laughs> and make sure that it's not set up for I want to make sure you don't know that I'm ignoring you, daughter. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it does. Damn. I didn't read the last one. I, I, I can usually tell. And it's not that I'm trying to avoid anybody or I think I'm super special. But sometimes you're just busy. Just busy. You know? I've, been, I've been busy. Even mentally, I'm busy. <laughs> you know, and I don't really, I'm not, you know, wanting to talk about the weather. I don't want to talk about politics. So much depends upon the weather. <laughs> but anyway. We've got a second segment. Yep. I think, yeah, I think this movie's done. Uh, yeah, I think Misery. So. Um, great movie. Mm-hmm. Shot beautifully. It's, it's, it's Great goddamn acting. Yes. Oh, my God. It's, it's kind of like a classic. It's always like in these like, um, really isolated locales with like, just like a couple actors. Sometimes you get the, the best movies. Yeah, I mean, it's simple, mm-hmm. but it brings a lot of emotion and I think it's harder to create that yeah to create that amount of emotion and fear and like oh you know that suspense out of these two characters and Kathy Bates god bless you woman (laughs) well I mean she got she got awarded she got an Oscar for that right but everybody forgets about James Caan. He did a really good job. Oh in my that. God! The he's tears a, in his a, fucking eyes. Oh my amazing. God! Amazing. Without saying a word, he's great. Yeah. Too. He, he just the expressions mm-hmm. is great. Stephen King helped write the script as well, so you know he helped with the screenplay, and I think it was because he actually didn't like The Shining. Yeah, yeah. He had. I never seen the remake of The Shining, which was supposed to be more accurate. I saw about maybe an hour of it. Not even, because mm-hmm. it's really long. Mm-hmm. And I hated it. Yeah. 
And I think it's just because made for TV kind of thing. Yeah. Before before made for TV got good, like nowadays, like Game of Thrones. Well, that's HBO. Yeah. We were talking about, like, this was ABC. Yeah, yeah. Like, Fox, you know. Like, this is some basic channel, mm-hmm. you know, bullshit. But you just like Game of Thrones because it's nudity and blood. But. <laughs> <laughs> no, every, everybody knows it's like the quality it's the quality has gone up in recent years yes. for movie series. Yeah. Or TV series that feel like movies. Yeah, they do feel like movies. Mm-hmm. And I heard, too, I was speaking of Game of Thrones. Um, which is coming out next month. You know, oh, yeah. it's been two years, and they're actually going to do an hour and a half episodes. So they're like movie length episodes, each one. It wow. used to be just an hour, mm-hmm. but they're going to add another half an hour. So it's like a movie length almost. How many episodes? I'm not sure. For this final season, and yeah. And, but um, I'm. We'll find out soon, I guess. Yeah, and I'm sure we'll talk about it. Yeah. Because after we talk about whatever movie you're watching, I'm sure we're going to do mm-hmm. what we're doing now mm-hmm. and talk about it because I don't see how we wouldn't. Right. It would be unavoidable. Like, I was thinking, like, maybe doing episodes of it, but I think it would just seep into our conversation. No. We can't do that. We got to do movies. Uh-huh. We got to do movies. We're, we're trying to stick to, you know... Just regular movies, two-hour movies, and maybe two and a half hour once movies. in a while, I, I made a, you know, I got burned out with uh, uh, horror, cheesy B-movies. Mm-hmm. I got kind of burned out because I worked on some and been around that crowd for so long that I want to be more of a serious filmmaker now. I want to. I'm very amateur. I'm nothing. But, and so I'm kind of burned out by those kind of movies just in general, mm-hmm. watching them. I want to watch real beautiful films mm-hmm. and but you know I did compromise I say that you know once in a great while we'll watch something terrible mm-hmm. and we can make jokes about it right because we used to do that all the time I mm-hmm. just got burned out right when you actually have to deal with those kind of filmmakers and <laughs> and etc you get kind of burnt out like oh my god uh, how many exploding heads can you deal with Right, because we're we don't have a, a full theme of what type of movies we're watching yet. We're right now. I think we're trying to study good movies that have we can understand the structure and how it's put together better. What makes it good? Maybe yeah. we're just kind of and it's a learning but, process for us too. It's a learning process, and we're trying to have fun with it at the same time. And drink a lot. Yeah. But I mean, our second part of our episodes is just total like. We're going to come up with a story for fun. It's trying to be random and just silly. Which I have that generator now on my phone. Oh, you got part of a generator. Yeah. So. A genre generator. Genre generator. Genre generator. But anyway, back to end this segment. Misery. Amazing film. Go Great. see it. It's got to be... Like a modern classic kind of thing. Like, yeah. Like this is gonna be 20, 30 years from now, people are going to be like, oh my God, you got to watch Misery. It's a classic. I, I'm, not, if I'm, I'm sure like professors in film school are showing it right now. I'm sure of it. And once professors in film school start showing you movies like that, I'm sure they are. Like, uh, Rob Reiner, director, like also. He's uh, done a lot. He's done a lot. 
But the main thing I remember, of course, is Princess Bride. Yep. <laughs> there's, there's so much to talk about there, but... We're not going there. We're not going there right now. No, we're not. <laughs> I'm not going to even allow it. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you. It just, it'd just go on for another hour or two. If you want to hear two rambling idiots talk about <laughs> Princess Bride, come back next week. We might do that. But no, actually, next week, I think, what... Well, I've got to think of something good here. We don't know what we're doing next week yet. Could do The Shining, but... And there's snow. There's snow in The Shining. Continuing exactly. our snow theme. Oh, my God. And we're not doing this on purpose. Well, I almost continued a Kurt Russell theme a couple times. Yeah, you did. <laughs> I wanted Hateful Eight. Yeah. That's Snow too. Snow too. Kurt Russell yes. as well. Double. It's Tarantino. I have a special place in my heart for Tarantino. Oh, God, yeah. Hugh Grosnick albums, even. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that the video store there. I almost got it today. And... Yeah, there's a lot of good movies. Well, we'll tell you. That will surprise you. Next week, we'll find a good movie. We'll talk about it. And hopefully, they'll have a great plot structure explanation towards it, too. I think we did pretty good this time. I don't know. It, it was harder than normal this time. Because I think Stephen King um, doesn't believe in that. Mm-mm. Like, he doesn't believe it's in... It's constant. In, constant, constant. in outlining constant, beforehand. Constant. He, he really looks down on people that outline. Yeah. But, Which, but he's Stephen King. It's like, yeah. it's, it's rare when you can be like, see, he's like, he's like a horror, modern horror version of Charles Dickens. Like he, <laughs> he could write and write and write, you know, like he could, like he serialized the Green Mile, like in honor of Charles Dickens serializing all his movies, yeah. or his, his movies, <laughs> Charles, <laughs> Charles Dickens uh Yeah, because, you know, he was there when all his movies were made. Yes. Misery. If you haven't seen it, go see it. If we haven't ruined it completely for you, which we might have, and don't drink <laughs> and watch movies. You might remember it better. Signing off. <laughs>